Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Michael Borky. We appreciate you hanging out with us on the latest edition of the Mailbag Friday podcast. I think it's May 1st, which is probably a good uh, a good sign the month of April is behind us. But uh, thanks for joining us again for the People's Quarantine. Got a more traditional Mailbag Friday this week. We got uh, your typical array of uh, a pretty decent turnout given the quarantine and a typical array of some topical questions and some questions that are dumber than hell, but we'll answer than all of them. What's up? Not a whole lot, man. This was, as everybody's pointing out, uh, the longest month uh, in the history of months. Man, I, uh, I'm not going to say I disagree and be that guy, but to me, April was just kind of, eh, it's here, everything's the same. To Mar- the month of March, I swear to God, was like a year off my life. I mean, I went from the beginning of the month and this is just me from my personal perspective, like very beginning of the month, covered a couple home basketball games, pulled double duty with some baseball. The next weekend covered Ole Miss State at, uh, in Starkville, then drove to Dallas, went to an actual sporting event with people, and then somehow I was allegedly within three weeks the entire world shut down. So I, I don't necessarily disagree, but to me the month of March – felt so much longer and by april reality it just set in if that makes any sense yeah march was wild man March, it was not in a good way either it was awful so i don't know hopefully this month you're starting to kind of uh see seeds planted of things going back not back to normal but we're us getting back to normal-ish lives like you know you've got you know cities reopening i'm not the biggest fan of this mass thing but i'm not going to be the guy to complain about it i mean if it gets us out and about and doing normal things again then whatever uh if i were to complain about it i would say i don't know which side is right side up and which side's upside down and i can't breathe and sometimes even see anything but i'm not going to complain about it but um yeah so it i don't know you can kind of see things going back to normal i mean maybe some people are going back to work i think uh the podcast, like listening numbers from at least everyone I've talked to, just because people are out of their routine, kind of like they're they're kind of strange and more erratic. And in the last week, if our podcast is any indication, it's it's becoming a little bit more normal. And I think you'll probably see more of that in the coming weeks as people go back to work. But like, I don't know about you, all the podcasts I listen to, I have not been regular at all, just because like I don't have my normal stuff. Like I'm not traveling for the radio show or going to games and stuff like that. Like everything out of routine has led to less podcast listening for me. Yeah, and I've um, I found that a lot of them just aren't doing enough to to keep me around. Yeah, I've got probably twenty to twenty five podcasts in my library that I'll I'll rotate through, and I think I'm down to like one or two that I'm actually continuing to listen to because they are um, getting creative and providing original content. Like, pardon my take, man. They, they have, in the absence of sports, been so damn entertaining still. They, so they've kept me around, but there are some people that, that just spend an hour every day talking about just miserable shit. And I, I keep wondering, how are you keeping listeners on this deal? Because there's no way... People are continuing to hear you 
be miserable for an hour a day every day, five days a week. I I can't do it. I've had like I've deleted some from my library because it's just even when sports come back, I don't want to hear you guys anymore. You completely turned me off of this. Yeah, I mean, to me, the key is to be entertaining. And so, like, the ones I've listened to, like, I've, like, I don't listen to it with as much regularity just because I don't have as much time in the car and stuff now. But, like, like, I don't ever listen to a bunch of heavy stuff. So, the people that, like, the podcasts I listen to, people are entertaining. They continue to be entertaining when there's nothing to talk about, which I think kind of separates uh, them probably from others. But, yeah, I just, I just don't have the time. Like, when, uh, like when we were kind of in the swing of things and doing normal stuff, I was in the car all the time, so I would rip through a bunch of podcasts and just, I just don't do it anymore because I go to work, I record this podcast, I do the radio show, and I come home, and that is essentially my life. I'm not a big running podcast guy. I kind of prefer to listen to music when I run. So uh, anyway, we appreciate – that being said, we appreciate everyone that has stuck around and listened. You know, it's not like our numbers took a free fall or whatever, and I appreciate everyone sticking around. We'll try to keep you ready for something crazy. What are the um, the podcast numbers for the radio show? Since that is recorded and put in uh, podcast form by me, up one hundred percent from this point in twenty nineteen. That's surprising, but I guess it's a little different ball game because it is a live radio show, and the podcast is kind of the second go around listening to it. Um, right. Cause, and cause like, it, there's one of two people. ways you could spin it. It could be less people are in the car. So therefore they're more inclined to listen to the podcast or maybe we're just growing. I don't know, but up 100%. I'm pretty pumped about that. I've just, I've talked to people that listen to this podcast and they're like, yeah, I mean, I'll get back into it a little more regularly when I get back to work. But like, I like, like they'll name times when they listen to it and they just don't do that anymore. Cause they can't go to the office and they can't like do things. It seemed to make sense to me, but for sure. All that being said, a little tradition, more traditional mailbag Friday. We'll get to your questions. We'll probably talk some other stuff. We have a, we have a, a I think somewhat tongue-in-cheek beef going on in our. In our in I think our we're starting to get angry right now. I think it's starting to get contentious. It's so I asked him. It's about whether the Beatles suck or not. Uh, so I said, "Who's the best overage musician group?" Why is it the Beatles? I think he was somewhat joking or just trying to be hot take guy. Uh, another regular listener said, you couldn't be more wrong. He said, I could be, actually. When you make a true factual statement, that leaves plenty of room to be more wrong. Another guy responded with, ignorance is bliss. Keep listening to Creed, bro. <laughs> I don't know if this is like joking or contentious, but... The internet is a wild place sometimes. I'm probably not going to start with whether the Beatles are overrated or not, but we may broach the subject later on. Let's see. Um, here we go. I mean, my Wi-Fi in the house. Yeah, is we can go there. The uh, the Beatles. Here's my take on the Beatles. And music is relative, just like most things. I mean, some people love them, some people hate them. I don't know. But what I found with the Beatles is, while I understand why they were popular at the time, I don't think their music if introduced today, would have been considered good. Like Led Zeppelin, for example. I think Led Zeppelin could have released their albums at any time in the world, including today, and not been as popular as they were back then because the way things work now with music and accessibility and just the market's saturated. But Led Zeppelin would have been a success today because their music is just simply that good and ageless. I think the the more we go, the, the further... Removed we are from the Beatles, 
the less their music holds up. That is just my opinion. A lot of people disagree with that. I think Led Zeppelin holds up. Like Rolling Stones are still making music, and they still have their fastball, man. They released a song like last week or two weeks ago. It's really good. Those kind of bands, I think, are timeless. The Beatles, I don't think they are. I would be completely honest. I don't know enough about the Beatles or the Rolling Stones to have an educated opinion on this. I listen to their music, but like that era of music is not something I've all, like I've ever taken like a like. I should know more about it than I do. I guess is kind of what I'm saying. I know so, like songs and stuff like that. I think they're both pretty good. I've never heard the Beatles are overrated. I've heard far wilder conspiracy theories about the Beatles, but I've never heard. Uh, Never heard that take before. I think they're both pretty good. I see what you're saying about the Led Zeppelin thing. I don't know. The Stones still do have their fastball. My parents actually saw the Stones not too long ago. Um, I can't remember exactly when, but I mean, it's within the last, you know, 24 months or something like that. But pretty wild they're making music and still kind of going hard at that age. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the Beatles are good. I don't know, like overrated, underrated, properly rated, whatever. I, they were just kind of. I mean, they were kind of just it, right? Like in that time period, and like what, like, however you age, I guess, like beyond kind of your prime, like it, it seems like it would always help to kind of be the band of that kind of era, if that yeah. makes any it, sense. Like, "Hey Jude" is still a great song, no matter what. Still a great song. Um, "Come Together" has been covered better than what they did it, but if you really like, put on like Yellow Submarine, and say that would have been a hit today, I think you're insane. That's the point I'm making. Like, they still have some good stuff. Penny Lane's, it's fine. Hey Jude, again, great song. Like, timeless. That's one. But try to get Yellow Submarine, like, trending on Spotify today. Good luck. That song's garbage. Gary Clark Jr.'s cover of Come Together is, like, better than the original song, in my opinion. It's day. a hell of a lot better than the original song, but that's just that's just me. I'm going to try to sneak an old misrelated one in here before we get too far off in the weeds because we have some random ass questions here today, and that's okay. But like, uh, I always try to throw a splash of old miss in this podcast that is creatively titled The Rebel Report. So uh, I'm, going to find, I'm going to try to find something. We had something. Uh, we, uh, all right, here we go. Here's a good one. This is actually kind of an interesting question. If you had to take one player off each of the big three sports rosters, and place them on a different roster, who would it be? Which basketball player would you put on baseball slash football, football player to play basketball or baseball, et cetera? Don't cheat Ooh. and use Ely or Plumley. So you take Ely or Plumley out of the equation. I guess that's fair rules because it would be kind of dumb not to. Um, that's a great question. I mean, if it, I, I like current guys, it's going to be a – well, I say it'd be a little bit harder. Like an easy one would have been two years ago. Terrence Davis playing like wide receiver sure. would have been pretty cool. Uh, Matt Barnhouse, when we had him on a couple of weeks ago, uh, made a fairly compelling case for uh, Eustace Furman office just as a blocking tight end, and I'd never really thought about anything that way before. But it Wait, is, are we doing sense. current rosters or or just any guy? We'll do, we would, let's which. do try to do current. But if it's a guy like TD or something like that of the last like you know two ish years, like I you know there are no rules on this. Um, I would make Blake Henson a tight end. Okay. Six seven two thirty. Put fifteen twenty pounds on him and line him up at tight end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would make Dom a center just so I could look at it. 
that would be really hilarious. I, uh, I'm trying to think of guys on this basketball roster that would really like Blake Henson being a center is a good one. I don't know what KJ Buffin is. Like he doesn't seem nearly aggressive enough to play defensive end. No. Um, How about uh, dude Cullum? Or or Luis Rodriguez. I mean, you could put like Rodriguez. At, I was gonna uh, say Luis somewhere on defense, just because he's kind of tough as hell and will go rebound and stuff. Although he yeah, might be like better a strong safety, a, maybe. Yeah, or might be better suited as a receiver. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. A six foot six strong safety would be pretty wild. Yeah, that's uh, good luck throwing passes over the middle. I guess. Um, I might just cop out and just say Luis is some sort of receiver if he can catch the ball. Um, but. Off the top of my head, I can't really see anyone. And they have a bunch of new dudes that I haven't really seen much of yet. Uh, yeah, I'll go Luis. And then football to basketball. Um, Ooh. I don't think, like, through the years, you'll have, like, standouts in other sports in high school and stuff. And I don't remember that many of these dudes, like, having. Sam Williams was apparently a pretty good basketball player. But he was like a six three six four four man, and that's obviously not working at the college level. I'm just scrolling through the football roster real quick because honestly, seven weeks without sports, I've forgotten some of these dudes' names. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I had somebody ask me the other day about a certain player in the recruiting class, and I was like, um, "Who? <laughs> yeah, like what? what say that again? Like I, I don't know. Uh, How about Miles Battle?" Um, like a like a two or a three guard at six four two hundred. Okay, I'll listen to uh, maybe Luke Knox as an undersized three man. His brother was athletic as hell. Obviously, Dawson Knox, you know the kid that caught a touchdown pass in high school and not again until he played with the Bills. Uh, he was athletic as hell in high school. He was a big ass athletic quarterback. Luke Knox looks like he can move a little bit. I have no idea whether he can play basketball worth the shit, but I, I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, it's got to be about I mean, like Alex, size. Alex, Alex Spaniel, former – that's probably a good one. Former quarterback turned tight end. He's 6'6", 227. He could probably find a role on a basketball court, right? Ryder Anderson, if he counts, I, I guess he's is – he, has he graduated? No, I don't believe so. He so kind of looks a like a basketball this year. player. Yeah, he's got a basketball build. He's tall and – I mean, they list him at 270. That seems, um, that seems liberal, but either way, he, he's built like a basketball player. Yeah, he looks like one when you like when you walk by him on the field. Dude, uh, how about throw Ladarius Cox out there in the middle and just let him play center and body people? Yeah, I was about to. You <laughs> threw out a better version of what I was about to say because I just stumbled on KD Hill, who is six foot even, three hundred pounds, probably. Uh, probably he take up a lot of space, but that's uh that's probably about it. Yeah, Dude, they've about, got some size on the defensive line for these young dudes, man. I, I guess I knew this already, but like between Cox and uh, and Patrick Lucas Jr., who's a name that I didn't remember until now, and KD Hill, and uh, damn, like they've got some young guys that are huge on the defensive line. Yeah, they do. Uh, Ladarius Cox and KD Hill were both big. KD Hill kind of got a little bit in the mix at the nose tackle at the beginning of the year. Didn't exactly uh, really stick there, but he was kind of kind of flirting with the rotation there for a little bit early on. Let me on ask in you something. In, in your observation, I, I especially like in my small group message that I have, um, very few friends, but the ones I do have, um, all the time say Ole Miss on the offensive and defensive line for the last, what, five, six, seven years uh, have not looked like their opponents. So they've won games, they've made bowl games and stuff, but on the defensive and offensive lines, 
they are they don't look the same as the teams they're playing. And I, I agree completely. Do you, do you see that as well? Because, like, watch Ole Miss and Auburn, for example. Look at Ole Miss's defensive line last year and Auburn's defensive line last year. And I know Auburn recruits better players, but, like, the body types. Ole Miss, they didn't look physically prepared to play in the SEC. Is that an observation you've made, or are we crazy? I mean, that we've had, there have been, like, I've heard rumblings and discussions of, like, the strength program and guys' bodies not changing. I'll hear this a little bit more on the defensive line. I don't necessarily see this on the offensive line because before last year, Ole Miss had had the luxury of having a pretty damn good offensive line for a number of years. I, uh, and a really I, I good offensive say, line coach. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't really want to say too many years in a row because they're, they kind of run together. And if there's one year where they had some injuries and they ended up sucking, like, but like, 20, I mean, from 2015-ish on, maybe, I mean, you throw 2014 in there as well. I don't know. I mean, they, they had pretty damn good offensive line. So I'll listen to that on the defensive line. Uh, yeah, they don't always look like their opponents in terms of just having a huge-ass beast on the defensive line. Like, I, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, that might be part of why there's a new strength and conditioning coach. Offensive line, I don't really see it as much. I mean, they have... Laramie Tunsil is the best offensive lineman I've ever seen. Uh, you know, uh, Greg Little, no slouch. Rawlings and all those guys were solid. Javon Patterson. I mean, you go down the list. They've had some pretty good offensive lines of late. That like, like I like I remember watching that game up in the Liberty Bowl that uh, the season opener last year, and just kind of thinking like, oh, this is going to be a rude awakening to a lot of people because these dudes can't block anyone, and I don't think Ole Miss has seen that be there one of their primary problems in a long time. Uh, granted, it got better as the year went on, and I don't think Jack McNell probably got quite enough credit uh, for them kind of being serviceable the rest of the year because you remember the first half of that Memphis game in particular, they couldn't block anybody. And so that was kind of the first time where you're like, oh, this is going to be a problem they haven't had in a while. So I don't know. Yeah. Defensive line, I'll listen to it. Offensive line, I don't see it as much. Uh, as far as finishing the end of this question, I don't. You can't do other sports to baseball, can you? Because football and basketball, like the raw athleticism, translate to each other. But like you, like I don't know. Like you have to be a baseball player to be any good on the baseball team. Like I don't know who on basketball or football played baseball in high school is any good. Like to me, that's right. different. Uh, I mean, you could you could get like a defensive back and give him a glove and like tell him to lay down bunts and just play center field. You know. The, uh, I guess that's possible. I guess as far as taking someone off the baseball team, I don't know. Wes Burton is really tall and talks to himself and looks mean as hell. So I don't know. Maybe you throw him out there and get him real pissed off. Uh, outside of that, I don't. Can you put thirty pounds of muscle on Kale Baker and have him play center? Yeah, I guess that's a good one. I was thinking more basketball. I don't know. Why I didn't think football. Yeah, uh, you could. I, actually, I don't know. Like, let's, let me look at Kale Baker's measurables. He's six like foot two sixty, but he's uh he's got some. Uh, how can I put this nicely? He's got some bad weight on him, so you could oh, sculpt that body a little bit and put on some muscle and have him play center. But I mean, you're still pushing. I think you'd have to put him on the exterior, and you're still. I mean, that's like a that's like a Michael Howard situation where you're just praying he survives, which is crazy when you think of just the general size of college like college football well, players is like ben Hale Van Cleef, a big I guess ass dude got, and probably couldn't cut it on the offensive line yeah I, Ben probably got three more inches uh so he would probably be more apt to to gain the necessary weight to play 
Yeah, they have some masters. Kevin might have needed to use uh, Ely and Plumlee as trading pieces and maybe at least tried Van Cleve <laughs> and uh, and uh, <laughs> and Kale Baker somewhere else. As far as these other dudes, I don't really I – mean, Ben Van Cleve is 6'3", 260. That might be a better option than uh, yeah. Kale Baker on the offensive line. That's a big-ass dude. So, anyway, interesting question. Uh, those are three somewhat reasonable options to something that would never happen. So, uh Gave it a good rip there. Let's see. Thoughts on Shea Patterson being the only guy invited to the combine, not drafted. That is interesting. I uh, I obviously knew Shea Patterson wasn't drafted. I uh, I honestly just kind of feel bad for the kid. Like I, I mean, everyone look, man. Plenty of people have asshole dads. Like I don't think it should be held against the kid. I get that. Like fans get upset with the way he left and all that. <clears throat> I don't really hold it against him. I thought the Michigan thing was an odd marriage. But uh, him being the only guy that went to the combine not to get drafted is fascinating to me, and I don't quite really know what to make of that. Uh, well, his combine performance was awful. I don't know if you remember that. Um, it, it was terrible. Truthfully, he couldn't I, didn't know. I, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, he could not complete. And by the way, that that's not – is that true? Because Kelly Bryant's not on a roster yet, and he was at the Combine, I thought. I saw someone tweeted this out, actually, and then I saw a couple of replies being like, hey, actually, this guy didn't get drafted, this guy didn't get drafted, this guy didn't get drafted. I don't know. what. That's probably Yeah, because Kelly true. Bryant was definitely at the Combine, and he is definitely not on a roster. But point still stands. I mean, Shea Patterson, former five-star number one recruit in the country, uh, when he transferred to Michigan, everybody – uh, not local, called it championship or bust and all this crap about his his ability to transfer. Only Barrett Salee was the national voice that said, hey, everyone, uh, Ta'amu was better, and that's why Patterson's leaving mostly, because Ta'amu was better. He was the only one, to his credit, that actually uh, knew what was going on around here. But his combine performance was awful. He, he was throwing incomplete passes to receivers not covered by anybody. It just he, He's just... Uh, fell victim to a lot of things. Fell victim to uh, a dad that didn't clearly did not have his best interest at heart. Um, that's just a crazy person. Um, a bad situation that ended up happening at Ole Miss, um, getting injured, and your backup proving that he's better than you. Going to Michigan, where Jim Harbaugh has a lot of questions he needs to answer now. He's only put one quarterback in the NFL, and he was a sixth round pick, and it was a transfer from Iowa. Like he's supposed to be this quarterback whisperer or what or whatever, but uh, he's not putting any in the NFL, and his offenses are awful. So it's a combination of a lot of things. He was pulled in a lot of directions. He was used as a pawn in some cases, and it just it sucks for the kid. But um, I understand why Ole Miss fans are very celebratory with this because he tried to bring the entire damn roster with him to Michigan. And if you're going to leave, then leave. But don't try to bring everybody else with you. Um, that's kind of a shitty move, but that probably wasn't his idea. So there, I don't know, there, man. It, it's, it sucks all around um, for him, for Michigan, for Harbaugh, for his dad, who's a lunatic. Everybody involved is, is shitty in one way or the other, and it's just a sad ending. There's a little bit of revisionist history there because like, I, like, it was not set in stone at the time in 20. 20- like at the end of the 2017 season that Jordan Taamu was going to be the starter. They wanted no, to have a quarterback though. battle. Yeah, he did fit the offense better, but it was such a limited sample size. They didn't really play anyone worth a shit until uh, 
that they I, I say play anyone. They didn't beat anyone worth the crap because you remember they beat them. They lost at home to a very like the the people the game that people forget after the Kentucky game is they lost to a very average A and M team at home before they went and won in Starkville. And it was kind of like, oh, this all over again. So at that time, while Tiamu seemed to make the offense gel a little bit more, it was far from a sure thing. It's just that Shea didn't want to have a quarterback. He didn't want to. He didn't want the job to be open. He wanted it to be his when he came back and rehabbed. And then that's kind of where the uh, the rub began. And then you had the IHOP meeting and all that other nonsense. But yeah, I don't know. I always figured Shea would get an uh, undrafted free agent. Like uh, uh, probably still think he will somewhere. It's just. It is surprising to me it's taken this long. Let's uh, let's take a break. See, that's the thing, man. I, I don't think he's going to get a shot at all. I, I think it's over. I mean, you I, I got, just think there's dudes with less talent than him that have gotten undrafted. I mean, hell, Bo Wallace got signed by the Chiefs. You're telling me Shea Patterson is not going to get an opportunity? I, I guess he could, but compound the combine performance from his – I mean, why – watch the film. Um <laughs> I, I, I'll try to find you some clips that the people that actually watch film and know what they're watching uh, have have put out there just about his inability to stand in a pocket and deliver a pass. I mean, it's that bad to I mean, where he doesn't know how to sit in the miss, pocket. You just chalked it up to youth. I mean, I get it. Like, I, I'm not like advocating for him here. I just someone's going to take a fire on him and put him in a training camp, right? I mean, it may take a while, but like. I just, I mean, you've seen worse dudes. Well, hell, Tommy Stevens is, made, I mean, somebody Nick traded Fitzgerald up to get him. Nick Fitzgerald was in a camp, so. and I get it wasn't necessarily to be a quarterback. I just figure someone's going to put him on their 90 or 100-man roster come training camp, what version we have from him. Honestly, Shea Patterson's probably a decent example of being a little bit of a victim of the whole coronavirus thing and it being a little bit more difficult to evaluate and sign undrafted free agents. I'm not saying that's the reason, but, like, not having a pro day and stuff like that certainly hasn't helped a fringe guy like this. I just, I think he ends up in a camp. Maybe I'm 100% wrong. Maybe he never sets foot inside an NFL building. I would just find that shocking. Let's uh, take a break here real quick. Remind you, podcast brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Man, it feels like a football Friday. I wish uh, I had was about to break this podcast and uh, go to an interview with Greg where he hit 70% of his college or NFL football picks. It is beautiful outside, not a cloud in the sky. Going to be that way all weekend in northern Mississippi. I don't know what about you down there, but perfectly perfect weekend or perfect grilling weather if I could talk today. Go see Greg if you're in the Oxford area. He'll hook you up. They've got steaks, custom cuts, sausages, all kinds of delicious stuff. If you want to get hungry, go look at his Twitter page, uh, LB's Meat Market. And uh, you will 100% get in the grilling mood. But uh, local businesses need you now more than ever. Go help Greg out. He's been great to the show. And I promise you won't regret it. It is the best place in Mississippi to get meat. So go throw something on the grill this weekend and enjoy the weather outside. I know I am. It's going to be a, uh, a good weekend. I just wish we had sports on. But anyway, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Let's, uh, we got a bunch more of these questions to get to. They're random as hell, but... Whatever. Let's see. Country music or rap? Uh, neither. I, uh, <laughs> I went through a country music phase in high school, and it's one of those things where you classically look back now and you're like, what the hell is I doing? Um, I don't hate rap music. I just don't know a lot about it. So uh, I, uh, I'm going to go neither on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, some country I'll listen to, some rap I'll listen to, but it's n- neither one is a genre of choice for me. 
Yeah, I don't hate any music really. Like I, like I'll listen to whatever. I'm just not big into either Chinese or Mexican cuisine. I'll probably go Mexican over Chinese. Um, I'll go Mexican over Chinese. But the way I answered this last night to reply to the guy was uh, Thai food trumps all. I eat Thai food like once or twice a week now. It's kind of uh, it's kind of odd, but uh, I would say that trumps both. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. But Chinese or Mexican, you got to pick one. Mexican. Okay, I like Chinese food. I just the Mexican like, pairs better with alcohol. Well, well, yeah, that's a that's a great point as well. But honestly, like when you're talking about, like I've heard, you know, we've talked about it before, but like you hear so many people just be like, "Man, I can't wait to go sit in a restaurant again and go drink a beer or whatever." Most of the time, honestly, one of the first things that comes to mind, if you particularly probably if you live around here, is I don't know, go sit at a Mexican place and eat the chips and salsa, and then you know, drink a margarita or whatever is your drink of choice like when i think of like going back to a restaurant again that's honestly kind of one of the first things i thought of is just go to a mexican place and you know drink a couple drinks and eat the chips and just enjoy being in a restaurant again i'm looking forward to that and i don't even like mexican food that much it's fine but um yeah i would agree it is definitely better with alcohol chinese food is more like i'm not going anywhere i'm gonna lock myself in the house and eat crappy food chinese better quarantine food how about that that's a good take when did animal crossing become a thing again it was a game on wii when i was in middle school i don't know what the hell animal crossing is i don't either i see a lot of people tweeting about it though and it looks uh, with all due respect it looks lame as shit so um i'm not going to give it a shot i i don't i i i could not be more ignorant or like inept to answer this question i don't know what animal crossing is is it like an internet game yeah, it's uh, man. I don't know because I I don't play it. But here I'm pulling up a YouTube video right now. Um, it just looks very animated and cartoony, and like you have little characters, and I don't know. It it's just not. I I don't know how to describe it. Okay. It kind of it kind of looks like Minecraft, which I also never played. I never got any of those any into any of those like animated internet games where they give you the option to like spend more money on coins and points and stuff. Just not not my cup of tea. Not knocking anyone that uh that that does it. I just I don't know anything about it. Will the COVID virus? I've actually heard it called a lot of things. I don't have ever heard it called that. Uh, COVID virus. Will there be an opportunity for the MLB to go to electronic umpires? I you hope so. I mean, I see the connection you're trying to make there, but, like, I don't see it. If you've already got players on the field, like, four umpires, you know, spacing out four bases is not going to mess anything up. So I'm going to say no, but, like, I see the connection you're trying to make there. Like, it's not a dumb question. I just, uh, I don't see it. I uh, As long as you can get them to, I mentioned the 30 million people out of work in this country right now. There, there was a story on ESPN from... Uh, Ryan Windhorst and others about the processes that it would take for the NBA to do the bubble theory and it's not off the ground yet of course not because testing is not widespread enough uh, to be able to comfortably execute one of these plans to begin with but there are so many people losing their jobs right now and so many people that's job security is uncertain at best moving forward that I don't think they're going to have as hard of a time convincing people to work in these bubble situations for baseball and for hockey and for basketball to get this done. 
I think th- I think that's the the point that people are missing so much when they say, "Oh, it'll never happen because you'll never get people away from their families." I said it on this show before a few weeks ago. If it meant making money and knowing that I'm going to be providing an income for my family, but being away for them from them for a few weeks or being home and not knowing where my next dollar is coming from, I'm leaving. And it, it sucks that that might have to be the choice. But when so many people and, and we're talking like like janitorial staff and, and people that provide the food and athletic trainers and stuff, not the multi-million dollar NBA players. They're not the only ones that have uh, to leave their families. It's all it's all of these people. But if you're if you're like a janitor that works in these arenas, or if you're somebody that that feeds these NFL teams and you get paid based on on your work, and right now you have no idea where your next paycheck is coming from, you're going to leave your family for a few weeks if that means you know you can get them money. So I don't think it's going to be as difficult to convince everybody else to to participate in the bubble to get sports back because they all need money too. They all need these things to happen so they can provide for their families. And it's kind of in in a way for, for me as well, because if we don't have sports for 12 months, what the hell does super talk need me for? They don't. So I want them to come back as well. And it's not just athletes. And I don't think it'll be as hard to have a full staff of umpires uh, ready to participate in a bubble for a few weeks uh, while major league baseball comes back because it's they'd rather do that than not get paid i don't think yeah i just think he means like uh in terms of like will they use this as an excuse to go to the mlb elect like go to the electronic i just said a lot of words that didn't apply to the question that's lovely no i mean no i mean it did i just think he means like are they going to kind of use this as like i don't really need you anymore like we're going to go to electronic umps which i don't think is the case I, uh, but I'm we're not still going to need umpires. Even if they go to the automated strike zone, you still have to have somebody back there to keep the game flow going uh, and determine, I guess you could do this electronically as well, but determine if a guy went around, um, plays at the plate, those kind of things. You still need an umpire back there. The automated strike zone will only call balls and strikes, but the umpire does a lot more than that. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at as well. You still need umpiring crews i don't think you could do the electronic umpire thing at first second third base foul fair because you wouldn't get a result like the players wouldn't be able to do it but like if you really like i like i don't know really my stance on this i'm not a huge one way or another like i i would probably be fine with just keeping like human umpires but if you want to do the strike zone that would take out probably some of the issues because you don't really see like yes the first or third base umpire like you've seen like coaches get pissed off at like an out safe call or something like that and get thrown out there before. But the majority of the rub is the kind of ego that comes with the home plate guy calling his strike zone being consistently awful, not taking shit from the dugout and stuff like that. That's where your majority of your rub comes between players and managers and umpires and stuff. So like would it like is it like the way I would see it is it would just be a strike zone thing. You still have a home plate umpire to call everything else, and then everything else would operate as normal. So I don't know. I don't see the electronic thing coming. Maybe there's an electronic strike zone uh, soon just to kind of get some consistency. Uh, but you know, I don't necessarily see COVID as the as the uh, as the kind of jumping off point for them doing that. Sonic or Knuckles? I don't even know what that's in reference to. Isn't it the video game? Uh, possibly. I don't know. 
I, I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's from the video game Sonic. Okay. Uh, those are, those are two characters. Knuckles is cooler than the name Sonic. Was uh, Pittman decommitting a mutual parting? This is the kid that was one of Ole Miss's first, or I think he was the first commit of the 2020 or 2020, whatever the hell this class is, 2021. I don't know. He was a Matt Luke commit. Like, just that's kind of that's all math. you need to say. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, whether it was whether it was the coaching staff being like, sorry, you're not a fit, or him wanting to do something else, if you commit to a place and the coaching staff changes, like, just kind of do the math. I don't know. Was it mutual? I, I really have no idea. But, like, the, that kind of stuff happens all the time. This is just a, a guess. I haven't talked to anybody about this. Um, but considering the offer sheet, I, it kind of feels like they didn't resist that decision. That's just a, that's just an inference and a guess on my part, but it, it seems like they can and will pursue a higher quality of recruit. That doesn't mean they're not going to sign the occasional. They're going to sign a lot of three stars and, and stuff, guys that they do their own evaluations on. Some guys that fly under the radar, but it certainly feels like their recruiting strategy is going to be geared more towards getting a class that can win games at the highest level and. That's what they believe they can do, and they're not going to try to sell you on we're signing a bunch of kids that nobody else wants because we have some super secret magic formula that says that these guys are going to be be great. In reality, um, they're not. This this coaching staff is going to try to recruit a class that is good enough to win meaningful football games. Without some secret formula, they're going to go try to get the best players. And so I don't know what I'm trying to say other than um, the strategy is gonna just going to be different than what you've seen the last few years. Yeah, I just I think this happens uh, like pretty regularly. I, yeah, this was not shocking to me at all. Texas announced they're planning on opening schools for the fall semester. Do you think other schools will follow suit? Well, one yes, but two Texas is not really in the lead on this. They just Texas, Texas Tech, whoever the group was yesterday. Uh, joined a number of schools. Yes, I do. In terms of, I guess, following suit, sure. I think this is going to continue to grow. I think the hang-up is going to be the couple of schools that decide not to, or if you have an entire league, like the, or I say an entire league, most of an entire league, like the Pac-12 or something like that that sits out. What do you do? When do you start the season? How do you do the playoff? I don't have answers to any of those questions, but I think most schools, particularly in the uh, in the South, I think are going to just, I think are going to go back to normal in-person classes in the fall uh, and probably be ready to play football at some point in the fall. So yes, I think that is, uh, is, is kind of just another step in the right direction, I guess, in terms of uh, maybe having football this fall. Fair enough. Um, I think they're playing no matter what. Uh, I think they're going to find a way. Uh, oh no, I agree there. I just, I did like as far as like what you do if some don't play and some like whether you play without them, how you do like how you set up the sport. I guess is kind of was all I was getting at. They're playing. I agree with that. Yeah, um, man, it depends. Uh, it, the most interesting thing is uh, Alabama's Week One game against Southern Cal. And that's the most interesting to me because I believe the SEC will play, even if every other conference says no, we're not going to. The SEC will play a schedule and they will play their games, and they will determine a league champion because people will watch, and they will at least supplement the money they're all losing uh, right now. That game's the most interesting to me, though, because I saw a, a story earlier that there are people in higher-ups in college football that are eyeing October 3rd 
to start the season as you have it currently scheduled, just move it to October 3rd, just a month later than you usually would start, and everybody plays everybody, which would that would be great. But what if California is still dragging their feet and Alabama can't play Southern Cal anymore? What do they do week one? What does the Pac-12 do without more than one team? What is it, four teams in the Pac-12 or, or in California? Uh, two L.A. schools, Stanford and Cal. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the two it. Bay Area and the two Southern Cal schools, yeah. that That's where this thing gets interesting. The conference play in SEC, that's going to happen. I, I can almost guarantee that's going to happen. They're going to find a way. And Greg Sankey said as much that they're going to find a way, even if they have their own member institutions that are choosing not to play, they're going to do it anyway. But that's the game that's most interesting to me because it's the opening game of the season and it features Alabama against Southern Cal, but not in California. So what if, hell, this is just going all over the place, but what if Southern Cal's like, you know what? We're going to play football. Everybody else's campus is open. For some reason, you don't want to open ours. That's fine. We'll go stay in Dallas and we'll, we'll play Alabama. We'll do our training camp in Dallas and we'll play Alabama. And you can figure it out after that. I mean, is the governor going to shut that down? Probably with the way he is, but just such a unique situation. And um, I don't know how they're going to handle it if it comes down to it. Yeah, California is interesting because I read a story late last night that Huntington Beach, which is one of the the beach towns like south of L.A. or whatever, that's actually from when I went out there, I believe that's like one of the surfing capitals of the United States. Is actually uh, they're they're using their city attorney to directly challenge the legality of Gavin Newsom's order to close all beaches in Orange County, which is kind of fascinating. They have a I don't think a lot of the people agree with actually what's happening out there, and like I'm not getting into the who handled COVID which way thing because see like I was told Texas and Florida handled it all wrong, and their numbers are actually pretty good in New York and California and Michigan did the right thing in California and their numbers are all terrible. Although California's is not that bad comparatively Michigan, New York's worse. I don't know what I'm saying with that. I'm just like California. Uh, Rippy, it's be, because there's inherent bias in the media and like Colorado's opening up too. It's not just Georgia, but Colorado, it, this is political, but whatever, this is just factual. Colorado has a democratic governor. They aren't getting near the criticism that Georgia is because they have a Republican governor. Their models for reopening are basically identical. Very few differences but all you hear about is one. There's only major protests going on at one. The, the mayor of Atlanta is, is speaking out, but not the mayor of Denver. It, it's because of who's at the top, and that doesn't, that, that's just reality, and, and there's nothing we can do about it. But that's why you're seeing that, Rippy, is because there's inherent bias in the media, and when it's a state that is predominantly a conservative state that is doing something, it will get criticized more than a non-conservative state that is doing the same thing. That's just how it, that's how it works, and nothing we can do about it. Yeah, and California is going to be interesting to see. Just kind of like they're going to be they're going to shape college football and how it's played uh, one way or another this year. I just don't know if that's going to be in a good or a bad way. But uh, I don't even remember the question of this. Oh, yes, I do think Texas going there. I mean, Texas. Announcing they'll have school is a step in the right direction, whatever. They just weren't on the cutting edge of that. There have been no. other places that announced it. Um, Alabama's is, I, we talked about it on the radio show. I think Alabama's is the most impactful so far. 
Yeah, I just I think I mean if if, if when it comes to these... football, when it pertains to playing football, I think if Alabama's gonna play, that's going to inspire a lot of people that maybe were on the fence to go in and do it. Yeah, maybe so. Once college players are able to make money off their name, image, and likeness, who's who's make given the current rosters, who's making the most money in all three big sports? Uh I don't know. Quarterback in Ely, uh, I'll go on football. Basketball, I'll say Jarkel Joyner and uh, Devontae Shure. Baseball's hard. I don't know. Probably Keenan and Baker. There's very little value in baseball players. Well, like locally at a place like this, these kids could make – it's a little different here. Uh, It is. It's very different in Mississippi State, for example. Hey, Dad's doing his bracket still. It's May 1st, and they're still doing a bracket. God bless him. Um and Jake Mangum kicked Fletcher Cox's ass in the voting. Jake, I mean, a baseball player who, what, it, it, all-time hits leader, great player. I understand what Jake Mangum is. I really do in what he did. But Fletcher Cox is one of, if not the best defensive tackles in the sport of football, and football is far more important than baseball. But it's it's unique here, and so Mangum got more votes. I, even with all that being said, though, I mean, you look at the Ole Miss roster, and I mean, how many of these guys would a local company use to like sell things? You know, I mean, just a couple of them, maybe. And Kale Baker would have been easily marketable, um, but outside of him, people have to realize that endorsement deals are not going to be boosters just handing out cash to these kids. Like it has to be done above board from a business sense, and local businesses aren't just going to hand out ten grand to. 35 baseball players. It's just not going to happen. It has to, they have to get a return on their investment. If they're going to have a guy be a spokesman for their company, they, they have to know it's going to work to recoup their money. They'll give players money below board to not be a spokesman. But if you're Cannon Motors and you're going to have Matt Corral do a car commercial, you've got to sell cars or else you're not going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to say Doug and Keenan as the other two on baseball. I think Doug, Kale, and Tyler Keenan would probably be the three most marketable in baseball. So you've got Schuler and Joyner, maybe Blake or KJ. I just don't know what kind of years they're going to have and who's going to kind of become the face of the team. And then uh, football is pretty easy. It's, you know, whoever's playing quarterback and Jerry on Who's that high-profile basketball player that they've got coming in? Uh, Matthew Morrell, that is actually a good one. I just don't know what kind of impact he's going to make immediately. I think they're going to need him to play and make an impact, but until you see it on a college court, I just I don't know. I mean, I think presumably that's if one, he if he translates, he would be he would be the guy. Yeah, you would think so. It's just, but I don't know. I mean, basketball is different because, like, I mean, if even if that kid's one of the better players on the team, and 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 Jarkel Joiner's the one actually scoring eighteen, nineteen a game, then it. Joiner is probably going to be more recognizable than anyone else. So that is probably who I would guess. Let's see. Chick-fil-A or Zaxby sauce. I'm not even really huge on either. I don't get Chick-fil-A sauce and Chick-fil-A, but I'll give that over Zaxby sauce because I think Zaxby sauce is very average. Yeah, they're both I don't think either of them are good. The not the restaurants themselves, but the sauces. I don't think either one's good. Yeah, at Chick-fil-A, I get Polynesian, and then I like the sriracha as well. Um, 
and the honey roasted barbecue. I don't, I don't, I don't think Chick Fil A sauce tastes that good. Maybe that's a blasphemous statement. Maybe people are running off the road listening to this. I don't know. I don't give a shit. I don't think it's very good. Oh, let's see. More peanut butter or jelly on a PB and J? Peanut butter by far. I, uh, I would eat that. Like, like I would eat. I would like more peanut butter. Too much jelly makes it taste weird. Yeah, I agree. Are the Reds going to make the playoffs if we play baseball? I think so. I think they're a pretty damn good team. I think that division's wide open. I think they probably win a wild card. I think the St. Louis Cardinals will probably win that division, but I think the Reds are the second best team. I think they're the, better than the Brewers and the Cubs, and the Pirates are awful. So, yeah, I'll give them a wild card spot. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year. Uh, let's Take see. your word for it. Last one, what's the best barbecue item you've ever had? I'm not like a barbecue connoisseur, but like rendezvous and all the stuff I've had there is always pretty good. I hate people who well, rendezvous is just a tourist trap. Oh, come on. Like, it's good. It may not be the best barbecue you've ever had, but the the way people just talk down to somebody for wanting to go to rendezvous or liking their experience there, it just, it's just ridiculous. Um I make uh, my own that I'm awfully proud of, so probably something that I made recently. I don't get the commercial, like, who has the best barbecue, like uh, Kansas City, Memphis, all these other uh, cities. Like, good barbecue to me, like, when it's, when it's good, is hard to tell the difference, like, what is better. Like, like fine-tuning which has better barbecue to me is almost, like, I, maybe I just have ignorant taste buds. I have no idea. No, But unless you don't. it's crappy, it's like I can't tell the di- – not can't tell the difference – Unless it's crappy, like I can't discern which one is better than the other. It's just all good, if that makes any sense. No, it's the same thing with like beer too, man. Like, good beer is good beer, bad beer is bad beer. Like some people like certain kinds over others, but it doesn't make it actually any better. Like it, Central Texas barbecues, salt and pepper, salt and pepper based mostly. And I, I like the the more robust rubs in other places. But if you gave me a really well made Texas style brisket, I'm going to love it because it's barbecue and it's good. I'm with you. And the people that get mad, uh, or not mad, but do these Twitter debates mostly because like Carolina barbecue is mustard based, or or North Carolina's vinegar based, and you have. Memphis is different from Kansas City, and no matter which one of those states you're in, if they know what they're doing, it's going to be really good. So who cares? Yeah, I agree. I just can't get into heated debates about that. I don't care enough, and I don't know enough. So, you know, whatever. That's all the mailbag questions we had. I don't think there are any. I was going through ESPN's homepage today, and it's uh, indicative of – of uh, what like what's going on in the sports calendar, which is not much, because one of their headlines is Giannis on the last dance. Greatness is a life mission. That is incredibly profound. Uh, meeting crasher Farrell gives Seahawks a laugh. Like, the point being, there's absolutely nothing on this page. Not a ton going on. Um, but we're kind of getting the uh, kind of the wheels in motion. I guess they're setting paving the way for uh, these summer sports to come back in some form. So. Did we miss anything today? That was a uh, decent mailbag Friday. I don't think we missed much. Let's see if I have anything saved. Um, no, uh, Capitol Hill could not stand uh, the NCAA's uh, name, image, and likeness results. They're pissed. 
uh, as it turns out. Major League thing, base- I don't understand people being upset about that yet because it's just a rec- like it's just recommendations. Like it's not legislation yet. And yes, the NCA is probably going to you know sculpt it into their liking, which is going to make it even more unlikable for Capitol Hill and all that. But getting pissed about the current version doesn't make a ton of sense to me because it's not legislation yet. I'd like to see the actual legislation they're going to vote on before getting angry. Yeah, but you know how these politicians work, man. They've got their hand in this, so they want it to be their idea. And since they can't the agree on anything, want it to be free market, and that's just never going to happen. As much as I, it's not like a whether it should happen type of thing, that's just not happening. Like politicians, not with the change. NCAA in its current form. No, no, of course not. Like, and them being exempt from antitrust lawsuits, or not exempt, whatever the term is, them being you know immune from antitrust lawsuits. It's just not happening. Like I. It, like I see politicians being like, this is not enough. And it's like, buddy, this is the NCAA you're talking about. Literally anything should be quote-unquote enough at this point. I mean, you're dragging your feet on this to where it's the year 2020, and you're just now getting them to maybe come around to the idea of these kids using their name to make money, not even paying them, just letting them use their own name to make money. Like, like I, I saw a couple of politicians just being like, this isn't enough. And it's like, holy shit, man. Like, it took this long to get here. What do you mean it's not enough? They just... Th- those are two different worlds, and they don't understand each other, and I don't think they're ever going to. No, and the the thing is, the politicians are probably going to screw it up because they're going to vote on legis they're they're going to present and vote on legislation that will uh, underscore anything the NCAA does. And I I can't get past the feeling that I'm a hypocrite for thinking that the athletes should be able to get whatever they want. If you're good at sports and someone wants to give you money, then you should be allowed to accept that money. But at the same time. If there are not some kind of restriction or or guidelines or at least someone that oversees the processes um, to point out irregularities, because at the end of the day, these are still college students. And I support Well, that's what it comes down to. What you're talking about is would make it professional. Like if they can get whatever they want, it would be professional sports, which I'm not against whatever amateurism is. Like I tend to agree with the whole amateurism is a sham thing. But to your point, if you're trying to make it not professional sports, there has to be restrictions. There has to be some kind of oversight. And it doesn't sound like the politicians are going to accept that. And when they don't, um, volleyball's over softball is over baseball at most places is over because then these schools are going to have to treat these kids like professional athletes. And as we've learned during coronavirus, there are only two sports on campus, Ole Miss and Mississippi state included that make any money and it's men's basketball and football. And those are the only things if they have to start paying their players and treating them as professionals, those are the only things that will exist moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just I, I saw the politicians like uh, I mean, re- you know, various representatives just be quoted by reporters and stuff talking about how it's not good enough and all that. It's like, like just take, like small battles like people. I guess people inside college sports would see this as a small victory, like small victories and stuff like that. But politicians just don't see it. But anyway, that was a uh, solid mailbag Friday. Appreciate all of your questions. We appreciate you guys continuing to listen through these uh, very strange times, but hopefully we're getting closer back to normal. I remind you one more time, if you're in the Oxford area and want to throw something on the grill this weekend, go check out LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go see Greg. Uh, Hopefully before too long, Greg will be making football picks for us again. 
and telling us in his own words what he has to offer at the store. But uh, the weather's going to be fantastic this weekend. Go chill out outside and forget all the uh, crazy things going on in the world around you and throw something on the grill. He's got steaks, custom cuts, sausages. The ribeye sausage is awesome. Lane Train special, Keith Carter special, eight and six ounce bacon wrap fillets. He's got grill packs, all kinds of stuff. Go check him out. LB's Meat Market, uh, the best place in Mississippi to get meat. Borky and I will be on the radio this afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, 3 to 6 p.m. We will be back at it uh, for a Monday podcast covering whatever stuff has popped up over the weekend. Maybe we'll get some cool sports news. I don't know, but uh, we appreciate you listening. You've got NASCAR in two weeks, buddy. That is true. That is true. I will. Uh, hell, I don't care. I'll sit down and watch a NASCAR race. I don't know jack shit about it, but I could try to talk about it on a podcast just because there's nothing else. So. Maybe I'm that's on the rise. We'll and see. Watch some NASCAR. I don't care. I'm going. To, I've. I don't think I've ever watched a NASCAR race from start to finish in my life. I will do it this time. Yeah, maybe we could like Skype Gary or JT and get him to explain all the <laughs> shit, and then try to figure out if we ever actually learned anything. But anyway, endless possibilities on the rise. Borky and I will be on the radio this afternoon, and then we'll be back at it on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi <laughs> Media Production.